Good morning and welcome to Breakfast with the Beak. I am your host, Johnny Goodtimes. Joining me is my sidekick. Hey, I'm Dr. Eisenberg. He totally is. Good morning, Beaknecks. Good morning, Johnny. Good morning. Now, we're recording this a little earlier than usual uh, because we're going to make it for tomorrow. It's going to be awesome. Totally is. Yeah. But uh, the only reason I bring that up is because on the off chance that Mitt Romney does something like pants-crappingly stupid on Saturday and we don't talk about it, we'll get to it next week. Yeah, no, we've always got time for that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, A, it's just going to happen. And B, there's no B. It's going to happen. Yeah, it's it's not about if it's going to happen, it's when. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, it, it will. Yeah. And it'll be awesome. Mm-hmm. Not not in a traditional way, but, you know, fun to watch. Hopefully. Yeah. I'm ready. I am always ready for yeah. that. Now, Johnny, you know that, that we there are Breakfast with the Beak fans all over the place. Apparently. All over this country and, and here and there in, in various other countries as well. I've uh, I've heard tell of them. I... I'd really like them to, you know, send me stuff, but I've heard tell. <laughs> but did you know Breakfast with the Beak also has accidental fans? Now, I've heard a little something about this via our uh, our Facebook. Would we, we like to Yeah, you know, we it? got a letter on Facebook this week. Let's pull that up. Okay. All right. Uh, this, uh, this came to us from a, I don't want to say his last name, uh, but uh, from a gentleman named Nat. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> I have been listening to your show for a couple episodes because I am good friends with Johnny Goodtimes, who is a comedian-slash-writer-slash-quizologist based in Philadelphia. I thought it was his show. He does another podcast. And so I have now heard a few episodes before I found out you were a different guy. You sound a lot alike and have a very similar humor. I suggest some sort of steel cage match with the title of Johnny Goodtimes at Stake. I will say that even though I was introduced to your show under false pretenses, Dr. Suxenberg's diatribe on spaghetti on the Paper Cuts episode was absolutely hilarious. That ketchup did belong to dead people. Nat. Well. Thanks, Nat. Looks like I'm, uh, I'm going to Philadelphia to so, die. <laughs> we, we looked this up, and uh, there is indeed another Johnny Goodtimes. In fact, he's at johnnygoodtimes.com. Yeah, I, I never thought to claim it, because, you know, I've got my own little network of shit. Right, right, right. And, uh, but it, it's interesting, because uh, uh, when you, you take on a silly stage name, that can happen, right? It absolutely can. I mean, this is, you know, I, I took on the name Dr. Heisenberg. People think that's a, a Breaking Bad reference. I, I would if I hadn't known better. Yeah, yeah, but I actually started calling myself that like five years before that show even started, back in 02 or 03. Yeah. Whenever we got the band together, it was hazy, I was drunk. But, you uh, sure were. <laughs> but, but the fact that there's another Johnny Good Times. There is another Johnny Good Times out there, and apparently he or someone connected to him... Wants to put us in the octagon. Yeah, that yeah. that could be good. Uh, that could be uh, good PR for both of us. Both Johnny Good Times related shows. Now, now I looked this guy up. Yeah. You see, now I was confident that were I to do this, I would indeed die because I can't fight anybody. I recently, on this very program, uh, told a story about the time I was beaten up by a pair of children. Okay, sure. Uh, that happened to me. <laughs> I, I, I was a teenager at the time, but if anything, I was in better shape than I am now. Uh, you, so, okay. I, I'm not a fighter, is what I'm saying. Right. I, I, I fight with my wits, perhaps, but not really that either. I, I just run the fuck away. Maybe I kick a guy in the balls, but the, I don't know if that's legal 
in in a steel cage match? I would I'd assume no. I'd assume he'd be wearing a cup, frankly. Well, these are the sort of things where the rules are determined beforehand. Well, exactly, and I'm sure somebody would determine that rule real quick because come on, he's not he's going to know that's my strategy. He's going to try to hamstring me by saying no crotch kicking. That would be reasonable. That'd be reasonable anyway. But then, after uh, having these concerns for a few hours, mm-hmm. I, I looked the guy up. Okay. And uh, now I'm not saying I could take him. I'm not 100% confident. Well, yeah, I mean, I haven't really done my research into his history or whatever. But I saw a video of the guy, and uh-huh. I think I might have a chance. Well, his website also says he does quizzes and stuff, so maybe instead of a steel cage match, like, I don't know, you guys could do like a, a, a battle of wits. Battle yeah, man. Stupid trivia. A trivia contest, I feel like I could maybe handle that. You know? you know a shit ton of stupid trivia. I know all sorts of stupid trivia. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I know more trivia than, let's say, Mitt Romney, who thinks the best thing to do when there's a fire is put more oxygen on it. Right. Yeah. At 30,000 feet. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I know a little bit about atmospheric pressure. I know a, a little bit about Roman history, you know. I mean, a little bit about a lot of stuff. So <laughs> that's good for trivia, you know. Right. I, I watch Jeopardy, and all I can think is these people are morons. And then people try to tell me, oh, no, no, when you're up there, the pressure is so intense, you forget stuff that you usually know. And I'm like, I, I, I don't know if that's how it works. I think you'd be okay. I feel like, yeah, maybe I'd be a little starstruck being in the presence of Alex Trebek, but I feel like they must let the contestants kind of chat with him before the show to ease him into it, because you never see anyone on that show flipping out over being around Alex Trebek, and it would have happened if he was not, you know, a great people wrangler. Knowing you, you don't really tend to choke under, like, stress or embarrassment, though. You tend to act out. So, like, I think if anything, rather than, like, panicking and clamming up and, like, forgetting answers, you would just start going on this crazy rant. Like, you wouldn't just answer. You'd give some insane backstory about how the answer, you know, affects uh, the course of history over the last 3,000 years or oh, something. Oh, absolutely. If I didn't know the answer or the question or whatever Jeopardy is doing that week, yeah. it's always the question. Right. Uh, I would just say fake shit. Mm-hmm. I would just buzz in and... and, and Say, like, wars that I just made up. Yeah, you'd you do know? some, like, scary cocaine monster rant. Yeah, which would be weird, because I'd, I'd be sober. I'm, I'm not a, a fan of the cocaine. I mean, it's <laughs> You a, don't need it. You act like that naturally. That is a fair point. You know, it's not really that weird, though, that there's two Johnny Goodtimeses. No, it's... Because, like, Johnny, and then, like, the name Johnny, and then, like, a silly word that's a thing, that's, like fairly common. I mean, I remember uh, Johnny Blue Jeans. Johnny Blue Jeans. Michael Ian Black's character yeah, on Viva Variety. Yeah, I've, I've referred to people, strangers, as, as Johnny Fuckface. You know, sure. A bunch of times. Absolutely. You know, I mean, Johnny whatever. Whatever they happen to be doing at the moment, that's just a good dismissive way to refer to people. Or yeah. a good compliment to give people, depending on if you approve or disapprove of their actions. Right. Or, hell, just stick anything after Johnny. It'll sound pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I mean, I remember a period in the 90s where, where David Letterman was obsessed with uh, referring to Paul Schaefer as Johnny Carwash. <laughs> just for the hell of it. Yeah, I don't think he had any reason behind it. I don't think they did a sketch about a car wash or Paul Schaefer played that song Car Wash. Or I don't think any of that shit actually happened. It was just the Letterman bit. Hey, Johnny Car Wash. Yeah, that was definitely during the uh, <laughs> the beginning of his descent into just thinking everything is funny. Right, and, yeah. Uh, yeah, he just started calling him Johnny Car Wash. And, I mean, that's a name you can trust. 
That's a name that I can get behind. Johnny Carwash sounds like a cool guy. He sounds like a fucking guru who hangs out and works at, or possibly owns, but probably just works at the car wash. And, like, people go to see him, and, like, he gives them these epiphanies, but he puts them all in terms of, like, car wash metaphors. Mm Mm-hmm. That's a guy you can trust, man. I'd hang out with that guy. Absolutely. I'd get a beer with that with Johnny Carwash. Like maybe there's a like a detective show or something, and every yeah. so often, you know, when they the detective can't figure out how to break this this case, you know, like oh we don't know how to catch this guy, uh-huh. and then he goes down to the car wash <laughs> and he talks to Johnny Carwash, and Johnny Carwash gives him like tells him a story about the time they ran out of suds and how he solved the problem, <laughs> and then the detective's like oh. Oh my god, of course! He's in the warehouse! And, <laughs> and he's able to catch the killer because of the, the life lessons in the form of car wash metaphors imparted by Johnny Carwash. Yeah. Yeah. That works. So, you know, Johnny Goodtimes, he doesn't have that, that car wash angle going for him. Yeah. And nor do I. But, you know, we, we are bringers of good times. Absolutely. And I think seeing us kick the shit out of each other would be a good time for a lot of people. I, I think that would definitely be the good times, good times. Yeah. Oh, hell, I gotta go to Philly to die. Awesome. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, in the meantime, uh, uh, just a couple easy ways to tell between the two. Okay, obviously the other Johnny Good Times is in Philly. I didn't look to see what his show is, but we already told you the URL. You can find him. Yeah. Now, when it's our Johnny Good Times... It's generally, you'll, you'll see him associated with either the word beak. Yes. The beak.org, at the beak, breaks with the beak, order the beak, all that stuff. Or Giant Baby, which is our band. So if yes. you hear, see, that's, that's the only times you'll encounter our Johnny Good Times. Yeah, no, that's the sign of official Johnny Good Times merch. Yeah. That's, uh, that and the, the the picture of me on the label giving a big stupid thumbs up. Fuck yeah, you know? Yeah. And uh, that's the sign. So if you don't see that, it's not us. If you don't see Beak, you don't see Giant Baby, it's probably the other giant Johnny Goodtime. Also, I'm probably way angrier than him. That's quite possible. I'm, I'm just I'm just an angry person. Yeah, so. yeah. No, that's that's part of your good times charm. That actually, for yeah. me, those are good times. Yeah. So. so we don't need to fight with it. You know why? There were two Dr. Dre's. Throughout the 90s. Yeah. And they never came to blows. There was never yeah. a beef. And there was the- Yo! MTV Raps Dr. Dre. Yeah. And there was real Compton Swap Me Dr. Dre. Yeah. And this was indeed the 90s, the height of the, the East Coast, West Coast beef. You know? Yeah. And it was all cool. So Completely. If there can be two Dr. Dre's in the 90s, yeah. there can be two Johnny Good Times in 2012. Absolutely. Yeah. Seriously, though, you're lucky that, that Walter White is not a real guy because he would fucking kill you. Oh, if, if I would change my name oh. if I was up against Walter White. There's no question. I could be somebody else. It don't matter. See, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Hey, everyone, I've got a new sidekick, Dr. Schmeisenberg. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I'll, be, I'll name myself after some other scientist, Dr. Schrodinger. Boom, done. Fuck yeah, Dr. Plank. Yeah, <laughs> Dr. Plank. I like that one. I should have called myself Dr. Plank. Yeah, everyone should. <laughs> <laughs> we should all be Max Plank. It's a good name. <laughs> So, okay, so for for genuine fans and for new accidental fans, shall we roll the topic? I think we shall roll this topic. All right, let's let's roll this week's topic, Johnny. Okay, that adds up to a, wow, a 31. 31! 31 31 is, what's up with the no turn on red signs? 
Submitted by Jay in Philadelphia. <laughs> Thanks, Jay. I have been dreading this one. <laughs> Jay, you're this close to doing like a Jerry Seinfeld bit. What's the deal with no turn on red signs? That is There's a red light, and you're not supposed to drive with a red light, but then they say you can, and then there's a sign saying you can again. That <laughs> Who is, are these people? That is literally the worst Seinfeld I have ever heard. <laughs> I, I mean, I, you know, I, I lived through the 90s, same as you. We've all heard a billion Seinfeld impressions. That is at the top of the heap of the bad ones. I have, I, literally. My, my impression of Seinfeld may be an atrocity. Nevertheless, that was a genuine Seinfeld-esque joke. Kinda. I yeah. feel like he would have gone a little deeper than that. I mean, he, <laughs> we didn't like accidentally make him famous. He was good at what he did. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, no, he writes better jokes than that, but if I gave him that, he would come up with a better version of it. Oh, yeah, the structure is there. He could have. Yeah, you got, exactly. He got a point. Okay, I'll yeah. give you that. Yeah. I'll give you that. All but, right. Yeah, what is up with no turn on red signs, Dr. Heisenberg? Oh, uh, we'll, uh, we'll get to that right after this commercial. All right. Is something on your mind? Do you have a question that needs to be responded to? Do you really need to know? Are you craving, just just pining for a response to what's been bugging the heck out of you for so long that you need to have an answer? Then check out JV Mail. We've got an answer for you. Find us at jvmail.com. We answer questions that you have. Check us out on Wednesdays at 8, 7 central at jvmail.com. And we are back, I guess. Yeah. If you would, uh, if you have a podcast or some other thing that you want to advertise on Breakfast with the Beak, just send us a 30-second MP3 to yeah. uh, topics at thebeak.org. Hey, maybe the other Johnny Good Times wants to try to score some free advertising on this Johnny Good Times' podcast. Just really fuck with the audiences. Just break the world. That's not fucking with the audience. Yeah, that's fucking with the universe. <laughs> yeah. Let's, let's, uh, let's cause a fucking uh, uh, singularity. I'm down. Yeah. I'm down. Anyway, so Jay has a question about no turn on red signs. He does. And he has a question, it? not a topic. What this is would the... be better for your show, Jay. <laughs> He never asks his own questions on his question show. Well. Yeah. Anyway, believe it or not, I actually found some interesting history and trivia. I don't believe it. Please. About uh, uh, red light turns, okay? In, in the United States, they are actually a very recent phenomenon. Well. There were no turns on reds, period, up until the 1970s. And they were introduced originally... As a measure to save fuel after the oil crises of 1973 and 1979. Oh. In 1973, there was an embargo with yes. the uh, the OPEC nations in Egypt and Syria and some other countries, yes, right? I recall. Well, I don't personally, but I know. Well, it was because the U.S. was uh, resupplying um, the Israeli military. There was some war going on. There's usually we, some yeah. wars going on. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, anyway, they embargoed oil, and there was a big, huge shortage and everything. I recall. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then in 79, there was a civil war in Iran, and uh, there were a whole bunch of riots and protests and everything all over the country. The Shah fled, and Ayatollah Khomeini seizes power, and there's so much disruption that, again, like, the whole just, like, oil exporting 
is just completely fucked up. Yes. So, twice in the 70s, huge oil crisis all over the United States, and one of the measures that somehow gets introduced is this right turn on red concept. Well, you spend less time idling. That's less fuel total, I guess. Exactly. That's the logic behind it. Especially in those old fucking gas guzzlers they had back then. Those oh, 10 miles yeah. to the gallon, like, whale cars. Oh, the Leviathans, yes. Oh, yeah, they were beautiful. You <laughs> yes. know, those old wood-paneled Chevys and stuff. Oh, that's engineering. Yeah. Sh- shit cars, but engineering, I mean. <laughs> the, the fuel consumption was atrocious. Oh, yes. yes. So, by that logic, at least, any time you can... Cut down on on idling. It's actually going to save you quite a bit of fuel. Anytime you can just shave a few seconds off the overall amount of time you have the car on. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. going to have a cumulative effect. Absolutely. So it, it makes sense in in those terms. And right turn on red. If you don't drive, all that means is you know red light stop, green light go. But but then you look around, and if no one's coming from the perpendicular angle. Eh, you can make that right turn anyway, even though the light's red. You're not going to be crossing any lanes, so it's fine. Yeah, 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 that's that's the idea. You know, it's generally pretty safe. It's safe for the people in the cars. See, the, here's the... Uh, see, it's a pedestrian danger. It absolutely is. It's it, See, now here's the issue that I was having with this topic, which mm-hmm. is that uh, neither of us drives. I can. Well, yeah, we both know how to drive. But I'm fully licensed by the state of New York, but it would be foolish of me to own a car when I live in this city. Yeah, I mean, we are a very short walk to the subway, which goes basically everywhere. Mm -hmm. And the places it doesn't go, we don't really want to go. Also, there's a bus stop right outside our building. We literally live across the street from the bus stop. You've heard that bus in the background of many of our previous episodes. (laughs) You absolutely have. (laughs) And, uh... Well... In regards to that, there's uh, there's uh, some an interesting little factoid about uh, about right turns on red. In most of the country, if there's no sign that says don't turn on red, it is just assumed that you are permitted to turn on red. Very well. Except for one place in all of the United States. And where is that place, sir? That is New York City. There you go. Where everything is so fucking tight and congested that it is a constant safety hazard almost anywhere in the five boroughs if you just willy-nilly right turn on red. In New York City, the only place in America, if you don't see a sign specifically saying you can turn on red, you cannot fucking do that shit. See, now that's that's a lovely sentiment. Yes. I don't expect drivers to obey that at all because I've never seen drivers <laughs> obey that at all. I, I as a uh, as a tried and true fucking pedestrian, mm-hmm. I always have to you know check that intersection. Hey, who's turning right? If I'm about to cross, it's like, oh hey, let's fucking wait for these fifty people to turn right and then dash across. Like, I, I mean, you know, it's been great. I've definitely leveled up my, my jaywalking skill. Oh, yeah, but, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, in, in Brooklyn, like, it's so bad. Sometimes you will see people uh, uh, driving in reverse through an intersection of a one-way coming at you the wrong way. So even out of one-way, you got to look both ways. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's just crazy. And, and shit is generally not enforced. No, I mean, like, in Manhattan, people generally can't get away with that just because there's so much traffic. You can barely move in a car, man. Yeah, you can't yeah. go backwards because there's going to be someone <laughs> behind you already. Like, 
But in Brooklyn, yeah, the, 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 the wisdom in Brooklyn is if you're driving the wrong way down a one-way street, but you're doing so in reverse, it doesn't count. <laughs> It's, this is true. I'm not driving that. I'm not going the wrong way down this street. I'm just rewinding time. <laughs> appears to be the logic behind it. Yes. I'm not. I'm rewinding. I'm not going the wrong way. Right. Right. <laughs> but the, so the uh, to that point, the idea of not turning at a red light yeah. is purely one of safety. Uh, safety for the motorist and safety for pedestrians. Yes. So if you're driving. Anywhere else in the country other than New York, and you see a no turn on red sign, probably someone came up with a reason for that. Either it's near a pedestrian crosswalk, or it's one of those intersections where shit's curvy and stuff. I mean, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. we know Jay lives lives around Philly, and like Pennsylvania is big ass state full of hills. Oh yeah. So I know intersections all over Pennsylvania have like those. Five or, or six, you know, lane intersections yeah, where like people little... are coming up a hill at you and you can't see them until the last second. Yeah, the the weird little asterisk intersections where it's like four streets or five streets coming from completely disparate directions and just meeting at a, a, a singularity of, of death. Yeah, and if yeah. you want to cross it, you have to walk across about nine lanes. Right. Oh yeah. Because yeah. it's because of the way the streets sort of run. Uh, uh, parallel or uh, acute angles to one another. Oh yeah, if you yes. want to cross those, you gotta like be like a, a you know a rabbit. Yeah, You're like a possum, like a frog. Yeah, <laughs> that's actually a very good comparison. Uh, I remember one time uh, uh, Felicia Day tweeted when she was visiting New York that uh, crossing the street is basically a passive aggressive game of Frogger. Because at, at this point, especially in Manhattan, people will cross against the light and just fucking stare you down. You know, oh, hey, yeah. asshole. So it's like Frogger to the next level where you're like daring them to hit you. And, and the car slows down. You can't do that in real Frogger like on the computer. No. Like the cars just hit you. Like if you could stare down that car and it'd be like, fuck it, I don't want a lawsuit. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 jaywalking in New York, it's not just a matter of, of speed or dexterity. Mm-hmm. There's also a psychological game being played. Oh, yeah. Because if you, if you look like a tourist, mm-hmm. they're going to speed up and teach you a lesson. They're That's gonna, true. They're going to try to. They're going to play chicken and try to intimidate you off the road. Right. If you don't look like a tourist, it's like, eh, well, I'll, I'll slow down for this guy. Yeah, yeah. It's really how how you present yourself. Yeah. If you're wearing a fanny pack, but you don't look retarded, yeah, you're in trouble. If you're wearing Absolutely. a fanny pack, but it looks like maybe there's something kind of off about you, they'll, be, <laughs> they'll they'll take pity. They'll take what if, pity. What if you're also wearing a helmet and a shirt that's the wrong size? You're fine. Yeah. You, nobody's yeah. going to hit you or, or notice you. That's the other beauty of New York. Right? Absolutely. I actually, uh, I actually had an uncle. Uh, he he lived in in Detroit, actually. Mm-hmm. But uh, whenever he had to go into the city for work, yeah, uh, he had this big hat with ear flaps, <laughs> like this big plaid hat with ear flaps. He would wear. Okay. And he would wear it like out in public because he his explanation behind it was people would leave him alone because they thought he was retarded. <laughs> <clears throat> That's beautiful. Yeah, like nobody wants to mug the retarded guy. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, they're not monsters. <laughs> That's true, and, and and that's like that's the other side of pretending you're like crazy and dangerous. I mean, yeah. if you're walking around a city like Detroit, oh yeah, and like at night alone, one strategy is to like just mutter to yourself and rant, like yeah. you motherfuckers, like 
And and sometimes people will not mug you because they think you might bite them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's gotten a little harder with the advent of, uh, of Bluetooth, but... You know, I mean, they'll, yeah. they'll, they'll check your ears. They'll check your ears before they go in for the, the strike. Right. And I mean, it, it's taken us a little while to adjust to the Bluetooth world. Yeah. But there are subtleties between, you know, a businessy douchebag yeah. and uh, a schizophrenic. Well, there like, are. They talk to themselves in different ways. That's true. I mean, the thing is, I, I one time uh, a while ago, I was walking through the city and I saw a, a, a guy who was, you know, perfectly put together. I mean, not like in a nice suit or anything, but, you know, biz cash and, uh, sure. you know, looked to have his shit together, having what appeared to be half of a conversation. Uh-huh. No Bluetooth. <laughs> and uh, gradually the conversation drifted more towards the Illuminati. And <laughs> And it, like, I mean, he had me going thinking he must have been on the phone for about five minutes. I was walking down a very long street and he was, you know, right ahead of me. Yeah. And going at a brisk pace, so I saw no need to pass him or anything. And then once he started talking about the Illuminati, but thankfully not acknowledging me, right. I just had to hear more. <laughs> That's fair. So yeah. you followed him for a bit? I, I did, I did. Okay. <laughs> I got where I was going eventually. Eh, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, sometimes I talk to myself when I'm out and about in the world, but I'm usually, like, you know, like making up a story or, like, writing a song or, or working on a bit or a joke yeah. or something, you know. I, uh... Which, is, which can be tricky, too, because if you're, like, if you're trying to write jokes and you're saying to them to yourself out loud while you're just out alone in the world and then, like... You, you come up with, like, the punchline, and you start laughing at the joke you just wrote, then you're the guy who is out walking by himself, talking to himself, and then bursts out laughing. That happens to me at least once a week. Yeah, they just think you're stoned. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean I don't that's have a... the only time that has ever happened to me. So. Yeah, I mean, I just do that anyway, but no, I mean, that's you... fine. Yeah, I, don't, no, I don't have a problem with it. I, I like you seem like you're permanently coked, and I frequently seem like I'm stoned. But we're neither. But what I'm going to say is, I did not know that about you, about the you know composing jokes out loud in public. Well, you're not around me when I'm alone, because then I would not be alone. Clearly, yeah. No, if I was around, you'd be bouncing them off of me, probably. Yeah. But yeah, no, I, 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 I that's get why, why that's I why people don't know what I do when I'm alone unless I tell them because. I'm not alone when I'm not alone. I understand. <laughs> I understand how physics works. I understand okay. that. Yeah. You know, if if you're somewhere other than where I am, I'm not where you are. Right. <laughs> this is almost platonic. Yeah. <laughs> it fucking is. Okay. Yeah. We're getting into some some really next level shit here. I'm tied okay. up in a cave, and I just think you're here. No. No, that, that, that's, that's uh, a different story. That's a different thing. It yeah. doesn't matter. Well, the point is, but, you know, you are somewhere rather than somewhere else, and I get how that works, but I'm just saying you've never mentioned this before, and it's like, oh, I didn't know I was living with someone who's slowly building a reputation around town as the muttery guy. <laughs> you didn't know that, but I feel like maybe you should have been expecting it. I'm not hugely surprised if that's what we're getting at. <laughs> it hasn't it hasn't exactly shattered my worldview. Fair enough. So. Fair enough. <laughs> I don't think it's shattered anyone else's worldview either. No, I think that David, this is the eightieth episode of this podcast. They know me pretty well by now. Yeah, no, they yeah. know what makes you chuckle and yeah. <laughs> 
It, it's shit like that. <laughs> you know what's weird to me, though? Like, when I when I learned that the only place the whole right turn on red thing is different is in New York, there's lots of other super heavily populated cities in America. Oh, yeah. And, like, small towns with, like, narrow lanes and shit. Yeah. I don't get why there aren't more places where you can't just turn on red really nilly Yeah. You know because, what I mean? Well, like... Yeah, I mean, I think part of it is just the issue of density. It's, you know, 8 million people packed into a city, which uh, geographically is not very large. Well, yeah, but and, like, you know, I mean, you Atlanta know. or Cincinnati or Detroit or, you know, there's like tons of cities where like there are parts where they are really fucking packed in. Yeah, but I mean, yeah. you know, Los Angeles is like the second largest city in the United States. And it's got, I think, half the population of New York and is spread out over a much larger area. And That's a California sprawl thing. Yeah. They just have way more room to move around. Yeah, so I think, yeah. it, I think it's just an issue of either uh, fewer people packed into a similar space or a large number of people with, uh, with kind of more room to stretch out. Maybe. Maybe they're just taking the opposite take. Like, I don't know, maybe you go down to you know somewhere like uh, Richmond or Orlando or something... And there's just no right turn on red signs all fucking over the place. And, like, rather than changing the law, which is tricky, you just put up a bunch of signs, which you can just, yeah. you know, Department of Transportation can just do. So like, maybe that's the easiest way. Like, instead, like, that's wasting money on signs. It's just a vast majority <laughs> of intersections have these signs. It's quite possible. And then it's, I mean, people will probably be failing to turn right when they're allowed to because... Even though the sign's not there, the signs have conditioned them, and they'll right. like, well, at an intersection, better not turn right. I guess I guess it, it comes out the same, right? Because the the uh, the citizens save money on gasoline, but then they spend more tax money on municipal signage. So may, maybe it balances out. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a moot point now because these um the, these new hybrid engines that they've been you know putting out progressively over the last few years. Yeah. Uh, generally, the the way the hybrid works is when you're idling, it turns off the internal combustion and just goes to battery. That is a good point. So at that point, you no longer need the energy policies of the 70s and 80s. Yeah, at this point, it's just oh, we're used to this. It's like this is this is convenient. You know, it, it gets us where we're going faster, and regardless of whether it's burning fuel or not, people want to get places fast. As much as things are constantly changing in our society now, Americans do not like to change shit they're used to if they don't have to. I mean, oh, yeah. still not metric. No. Which is ridiculous to me. I mean, but. and <laughs> actually, you know, New York does have uh, a number of laws which, uh, you know, much of the rest of the country considers just proof that we are enthralled to the, the godless liberal jukeball. No big sodas. No smoking cigarettes in parks. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, maybe if you went down to, like, Alabama or something mm -hmm. and told them, oh, in New York, you can't turn right on red unless you're given permission. Yeah. They'll just be like, ah, oh, see, that's the nanny state, fucking tea party, whatever, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, they did decriminalize pot, though, so... Well... It's, yeah, it's just a weird place. And, and last call is at, like, four or five in the fucking morning. Yeah. You know, whereas in, in many places, it's, like, one or two, so... Yeah, so ha -ha, we can drink longer. But we can't smoke in those bars. Well, tomato, tomato, that doesn't, that's it doesn't, not the right thing to say. It, <laughs> it doesn't fucking matter. No, it's yeah. like, you know where everyone can drink and smoke? At home. That's true. Yeah. You can do whatever you want in your home. Yeah. Uh, you can even, well, you can't turn on right on red unless you have a house big enough to drive a car in it. I, 
What? No. <laughs> that, that, why, that, would, that, why would you have traffic lights? Yeah, that traffic light wouldn't be, your house. That traffic light wouldn't be controlled by the city. That would be a privately owned traffic light. <laughs> Maybe red means go. You know, you're setting the rules. You're, it doesn't you know, matter. <laughs> Maybe you can just buy LED lights. Maybe it lights blue. Yeah, exactly. You know, maybe it's a fucking blue and orange and purple light, you know? Yeah, purple means drive into the pool, because I'm a billionaire! Fuck you! Yeah, who knows? I mean, like, if, if you've already got... I don't know what rich people do. If you're, if you're that fucking jazzed about driving a car in your house... Yeah. Then, yeah, I mean, maybe you're crazy enough to invent a new kind of traffic light that you think is better for something. You know, maybe you, you just, you know, maybe there's some rich fuck who has everyone do shit for him and never has to do anything for himself. Right. And when he's out in public, it just, like, he, he gets all jittery and sad because, oh, the colors on the traffic light are so oppressive. They fucking hurt my eyes and I deserve traffic lights tailored to my specifications. Wah, wah, wah. You know, and so he, at home, has a little make-believe fucking driving course with traffic lights and colors that he likes. Yeah. Ooh, or they're all in ultraviolet lights and he can only tell what the traffic light says when he puts on his special goggles. You see, that is almost cool. It would be almost cool if it were, like, not in some rich guy's house, but, like, some, you know, like, private island. Oh, yeah. Where, well, like, you, you hunt men. <laughs> <laughs> and like, and the, the men being. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm eager to hear the rest of this. Please. Well, the people being hunted don't get the, the night vision goggles, right? So, like, but the hunters, you know, that's another tool in their arsenal. Like, only the hunters. And they're the only ones that have the cars, too. The, the men you're hunting are on foot. Well, that's, like, really unfair. I mean, it's one thing for the hunters to have guns and the prey not to, but gu- but cars? Rich people hunting for sport is always unfair. I mean, Ernest Hemingway was driving around a Jeep with a shotgun. That's not fair to tigers. Well, no. Yeah. But I'm saying if you want to hunt a man, <laughs> right. you're not doing it just because you get off on shooting people. You're doing it because you want a challenge. All and right. it's not a challenge if you're in a car. All right, so maybe you give the prey... Uh, at least their own night vision goggles. And maybe, uh... Oh, fine! Why not let's just give them flamethrowers, too? Why not just throw out the whole system? Why don't we just not hunt them at all? Do you not care about the integrity of this sport? <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> I think I think the whole point is just to keep it interesting. You are, you are the worst thing to happen to manhunting since the replacement refs. Okay, so... <laughs> Maybe, okay, okay, we can make this fair, though. Maybe you don't give the prey, the men that are being hunted, cars. Maybe you give them an ample supply of caltrops. Oh, that and is... Like, and, like, you know, other other methods of, of setting traps to okay. disarm your cars. Yes, yes, punji sticks and whatnot. Yeah, make it interesting. Yeah. Like, that's how I would hunt men. Well, <laughs> good to know. <laughs> anyway, so the... Yeah. If I'm ever in a steel cage match with you, I know what to watch for, I guess. <laughs> so, But unless you live on your own private island and can make up your own laws, no turn-on-red signs are for pedestrian safety and, and for safety at crowded intersections. Okay? Yes. Yes, that's what... Yes. That's, that's, that's what's the deal with no turn-on-red signs! Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I hope someone hunts you for that. <laughs>
<laughs> Special abilities. Terrible Jerry Seinfeld impression. Yeah, put that on your resume, okay? Put that, that is, under uh, skills. Yeah, no. Yeah. That's... <laughs> okay, Microsoft Excel, terrible Seinfeld impression. <laughs> that is an awful character sheet. Yeah, yeah it is. Plus ten charisma. But not when you're doing that. <laughs> That negates the charisma bonus. If you'd like us to discuss your topic on Breakfast with the Beak, send in those topics to topics at thebeak.org. You can also find us at facebook.com slash breakfastwiththebeak, breakfastwiththebeak.tumblr.com. Look us up on Google+. Follow us on Twitter at thebeak and at Doc Heisenberg. That's Doc with a K. Bam. And once again, our Johnny Good Times tweets at the beak. Yes. I don't know if other Johnny Good Times tweets... Maybe he'll follow us on Twitter and then we'll all be friends. Yes, friends. (laughs) Until next week, sleep with one eye open, good times. This has been a production of the Beak Podcasting Network. Visit thebeak.org to learn more about this and other quality podcasts. Seriously, guys, so awesome.